Hey moms, welcome to this week's podcast. I'm Dorenda Wilson, wife to one for 31 years, mom to eight, nana to six, and 25-year veteran homeschooling mom. Today, we're going to be talking about how to protect our kids from pornography. But before we dive in, I want to encourage you to take a minute to subscribe to my blog slash website or whatever it is they call it these days, dorendawilson.com. And when you do that, you will receive the audio version of The Unhurried Homeschooler. Are you ready for this? For free. So I encourage you to go do that. The other thing that'll happen is every time a new podcast comes out or an an article that I write uh, comes out, you will be notified in your email. The other option you have is to subscribe to the podcast directly from the platform that you're listening from, whether that's um, iTunes, Spotify, Overcast. um, And if you would just take a minute to leave a quick review, the great thing about doing that is... um, it allows the podcast to be seen by more moms, and that way more moms are encouraged, and that is always a good thing. Lastly, I would love for you to check out my two books, The Unhurried Homeschooler, which is a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, and that's available on Amazon, and Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, which is a devotional that I wrote specifically for homeschooling moms. So go check that out on Amazon as well. So as I mentioned before, we're going to be talking about protecting our kids from pornography. Now, I realize that this is a sensitive topic um, that is a very real problem in the world that we live in. Unfortunately, it's also a very big problem in the church as well. And part of the reason is that no one wants to talk about it. So we're going to talk about it today because the enemy loves for us to keep it hidden, to not talk about it, to not bring it out into the light, because it's one of the ways that he keeps people in bondage. So today we're going to talk about how porn is affecting marriages and women, young women in particular, and ways that we can protect our kids through various ages and stages of development. So if you've been following me for a while, you know that one of our sons did a podcast with me a while back, um, sharing his story and how God has brought redemption and healing. And it's a great conversation sort of between mom and son, um, both of us sharing our perspectives and what God did in our own hearts through it. It's full of hope. And I encourage you to listen. It's called Real Talk About Pornography. It's podcast number 78. But today I am thrilled to be having this conversation with my very special guest, Sam Black. Sam is Vice President at Covenant Eyes Internet Accountability and the author of The Porn Circuit, Understand Your Brain and Break Porn Habits in 90 Days. He joined the Covenant Eyes team in 2007 after 18 years as a journalist. He has edited 16 books, 16, on the impact of pornography and how to protect our families. He's been married for 25 years and he's a father of two. So welcome, Sam. I'm so grateful to have you here today. Oh, it's what an honor to be here. Thank you for talking about this subject and taking on tough topics. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I just really, this is something that I, I'm seeing more and more and more, you know, um, just as so much of a problem as I talk to moms and, you know, moms with older kids, but also younger ones that they're very, very concerned about and, and with good reason, you know, um, I think that uh, the enemy is um insidious and deceitful and um, he wants our children but 
we're not going to go down without a fight. And so that's why we're here today. And we're going to go ahead and address this topic. So tell us um, just a little bit to start with about your journey and how you landed at Covenant Eyes. Yeah. Uh, well, before I do that, I just want to reassure the moms that are listening that I'm not going to say anything that wouldn't be acceptable to most, for you, for most, at least, let's say, 12 and up. Right. Um, and likely before that age is going to be fine as well. But know that uh, we're not going to get into ugly details because the ugliness of pornography, and so that's probably the worst word we'll say today. Mm-hmm. Um, is rampant in our culture, and our kids are being uh, targeted mm-hmm. in our culture that really says we don't care what age your child is, um, everybody deserves to look at porn. And that sounds ridiculous. Wow. It really does wow. sound ridiculous, doesn't it? It does. Uh, but the common themes that I hear. And this, and I spoke uh, and or had uh, different teams at 27 homeschool conferences last year. Wow. So it's not like, uh, and when we got done, we sent an email out. We did an email survey of those who were at our booth. And we found or attended one of our sessions. We found that 40% said they know for sure that their child was exposed to pornography. Guess what? The average ages matched up right with the average ages for the general populace. Wow. So we might be, um, we can do, do some more things that can create real and meaningful change in our homes that are going to do more to protect our kids than we ever thought. Mm. Um, so what your, your question was, how did I get to Covenant Eyes? Um, it's really one of, it's a longer story, but it was a really a God thing where uh, my wife actually approached me be on this topic. Uh, she said that, talked to me about, uh, hey, I've been, one of my friends, one of her close friends worked at Covenant Eyes, and she says, Sam, they need somebody who can do exactly what you do. And, <laughs> and, and what do you think about this? And so, it just was a God push all the way into coming mm-hmm. to Covenant Eyes. And so really at the time, um, it was a very small organization that was in some real rundown offices. And, and we just, I thought, when I joined there, I thought, God, I really hope you move because I'm not sure this organization could be around here six months from now. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, there were tiles coming off the floor, tiles missing from the ceiling. Uh, but I remember the first calls because back then we did all kinds. We did we answered the phone. We mm-hmm. we did writing. We did all kinds of things. And I can remember the number of phone calls I'd receive uh, from dedicated Christians who were deeply struggling with pornography in their home. Mm. Even pastors. Uh, I remember hearing a a pastor's wife saying. He is watching pornography on Saturday night and preaching on Sunday morning, and it's wow. destroying him. It's destroying our family. We need help. Mm. And that's what this is all about. This is about help. This is not about condemnation. Right. Um, it is, but people get stuck, and it often happens early. And that was true of my own story. But I get to live in freedom today. Right. 
That's I, I love that because that's really that's really why we're here today. Because, you know, pre, when I was doing the introduction, I was I was thinking about and just about use the word freedom, because I, I I feel like I know that you know Jesus came to set us free from everything, from sin, from death, and um and and that means not just down the road, but here and now, um, we have that redemption. We have that. Um, we have access to the power of God living in us. If we know Christ and, and we've made Him, you know, Lord of our life, His power lives in us. It rests. It doesn't rest in us. It's in us, and we have access to this um, same power that raised Christ from the dead. Lives in us. That's what I'm trying to say. And that's mm-hmm. you think about the power that could raise somebody from the dead. That's that's a lot of power. And so I think that what it comes down to is just recognizing that um, Jesus wants us free. And so I, it's it it's safe to go ahead and talk about these things. And it's safe to go ahead and, you know, um, you know, encourage people to, you know, say, yeah, I'm 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 struggling with this. And I think it 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 makes a difference. Um mainly when we start talking about it because we start driving darkness out you know light drives darkness out and that's what we're trying to do today yeah and 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 we need to be very careful here too because it's very easy to provide very simplistic answers yes it's very easy for us to provide the church or sunday school answer but the answers here are often more complicated than we would ever expect Mm -hmm. and but they are at the same time rooted in god's word Mm -hmm. i love that i love that so there you know i I think there's there could be a lot of you know listeners who maybe have no idea how widespread the struggle is with pornography um just Mm -hmm. sort of across the board um I think most of us are pretty aware, especially recently with all that's going on um, relating pornography to child uh, sex trafficking, and there's a lot of those dots being connected right now. Um, But could you share some statistics that would maybe help us understand that better? Yeah, so we're looking at about 70% of men in the church say they have an ongoing struggle with internet pornography. Mm. Um, about a third of women in the church struggle. But women especially are very concerned about ever telling another woman in the church about their struggle because it's not been the church has not been a safe place to talk about these things. Right. And so they fester untended because the church has stopped (laughs) thinking about what James says Confess your sins to one another so that you might be healed. Right, right. But confession in this sense is not just, oh, I did a bad thing and and him haul around it or hide parts of it. It is to dive deeply into it about what is going on. We are actually doing a summit for women only. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for pastors that can also attend, for pastoral staff, and it is the She Summit. And there is a link available through this, uh, underneath this podcast that can help you attend or connect with the videos that are going to be made available after that as well. 
going yes. to be a totally online summit. That's great. And I, like you said, I, um, I will, uh, moms, I will include that link um, in the podcast notes for you to um, check out. About 56% of divorce cases today, this is according to the Matrimonial Lawyers Association, mm-hmm. uh, that pornography is a major contributing factor in 56% of divorces. Um, our average age for kids to be exposed to pornography is somewhere between the ages of 8 and 13, depending on which study you're looking at. Older studies are showing more toward 13. Newer studies are showing more toward age 8, uh, 8, 9, 10. So, um, and this is what I'm really seeing with parents I'm talking to at home at homeschool events where they're talking about, you know, I would never have expected my child to be curious <laughs> like you and I were curious at that age. Mm-hmm. The difference is that at our age, our curiosity was very limited in its ability. Right. Uh, today, it only takes a very short time, and we try to helicopter, but that's, you know, and, or look over their shoulder while they're using a device, but that is not always very effective. Right. Or consistent. Mm-hmm. I talked to a mom. She said uh, that they were riding uh, on a, a family trip with some their grand, her, her mother, the children's grandmother, and the cousin was in the car, and um they wanted to look up about where they were going and uh, the boys in the back seat, both of them eight years old. And so grandma uh, is asked if they can, hey, grandma, can we use your phone to look this up? And they, she hands them her phone. Within just a few minutes, one cousin says to the other, hey, I dare you to do look up this. And it was just naughty words, right? Mm-hmm, they didn't mm-hmm. really even know what they were looking up. But they knew that somehow it would look up. <laughs> and wow. so they went from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. Mm-hmm. And my home, for instance, is one of those homes that would be overly safe, <laughs> right? Right. I, don't I know about everything that's possible that can come at my kids? So do I protect my devices? You bet. Mm-hmm. But it was an eight-year-old boy who exposed my eight-year-old son to pornography. Wow. And it happened in a flash because I always collected devices as they entered the house and they'd go into a little basket and you could have those when you left. Uh, but there was one in a backpack that I missed that no one showed anything. And I just happened to catch it and just he had not been in our house more than an hour before he shown my son pornography. Wow. So we have to teach, train and disciple our kids to be prepared for right. the day that they will see pornography today. Mm-hmm. It's not it's uh, not reasonable for a parent to believe that their child will not be exposed to pornography today. That said, I'm sorry that that is true, but today it's not if their your, their child is going to be exposed, but when. Mm-hmm. And are they equipped to turn away from it? Right. The only one that can equip them with that is mom and dad. That's right. That's absolutely true. So um, talk to the mom who has uh, younger children. Let's just start there because, um, you know, you were saying it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, and it was less than an hour Mm -hmm. that it took for it to happen at your house. Um, Can you share some some steps a parent can take from, let's just say they don't really have any kind of... um, 
protection uh, when it comes to their computers, screens, and all of that. Um, and then also, would you would you talk about a little bit about how you might address that with the younger child? How early would you start talking to them about it? And you know, what kind of terms would you use? Because here's my thing. I, I really struggle because, yes, this world is sinful. Yes, our kids will be exposed to it. But I ride this sort of fine line of wanting to keep as much of um, my children um, just their innocence as much as possible, not loading mm-hmm. them up with too much too soon. Because my heart for them would be that they would um, – experience mostly, you know, beauty and goodness and and who God is, especially in those very early years, um, to just sort of lay the foundation um, in their little hearts so I'm not throwing things at them that they can't even quite process yet or not. So could you give a little guidance as to how a parent might know when to talk to them and kind of how to frame that up? Yes, and I love that you're using words like foundation uh, and also words like innocence. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's 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 take that innocence to a different level. Okay. Parents mainly worry that if they talk about any of these things, and they will remove their child's innocence. And what we really want to do is remove their ignorance, so they can help us protect their innocence. You want to enlist your child in their protection. But if you do not talk to them about it, then you leave a vacancy of ignorance that makes them susceptible to all the things that you fear. You are not, I have never spoken to a single counselor. I have never spoken to any member of our team. We have 220 team members at Covenant Eyes. I've never spoken to anyone who ever said, when I told my, my children about these things, and suddenly that made them more curious, and they went out and looked for pornography. Hmm. So we train and equip our kids to assist us in helping them protect their innocence. For instance, your home is likely the most likely place that your child will be sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. We yes. all know that to be true. We just don't believe that it can ever happen to us. And if that was true, that it could never happen to us, then many of the women who have experienced sexual abuse as children listening to this call, that wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. And so we and, and I tread there very delicately. Um, and there is a, a great resource that is coming out for just specifically for women and, and uh, the, the past history of their of sexual abuse that they've experienced. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let me come back on topic. We're protecting our kids innocence by helping them by removing ignorance. So when they're old enough to know where their bathing suit area is. They need to know where their bathing suit area is. That's very simple, right? Right. And that that is private. We don't take our bathing suits off at the beach or when other people are around, right? Because that's private. Right. Very simple, right? Mm-hmm. And we need to instruct our kids that they can say no. Right. 
they can say no to adults. They can know that, no, there aren't, we don't keep secrets. Right. We don't ask each other to keep secrets. If someone is asking you to keep a secret, you tell mom and dad. Right. Fell asleep adult. And see, those kinds of basic trainings are often missed, though. And we, mm-hmm. we talk about it often, sometimes in ways of feeling shame because we're worried that we're going to raise their, their curiosity. Right. There is a great book called The Talk. It's by Luke Gilkerson. And it can be found on a website called intoxicatedonlife.com. And The Talk uh, really provides biblically based sexual teaching for you for you mm. as mom and dad to give mm-hmm. to your kids. Now focus on the family also has some good resources in this way. But we also are very afraid of using words that are the correct words for our body parts. We give them nicknames instead because somehow we think words rather than nicknames create less curiosity, but that's not true. Right. So we want to use the correct words for our body parts, and then it takes the stigma away from them. Right, right. Because if you're using nicknames, you're creating stigma. Right. That makes perfect. That makes perfect sense. You know, um, I, I we always tried to, uh, you know, speak to our children. We, we treated them like, you know, we spoke to them like adults. We didn't use a lot of we didn't use baby talk and that kind of thing. And um, it would make sense um, to just give them the the term. <laughs> No, there's no confusion. There's no, you know, like you said, it, it gives it a, a bit of a stigma when you give it a nickname. And uh, I, that's just such good advice. And I love the way that you sort of framed up the, the simple um, approach to, you know, understanding. Because I get this, I get asked this question a lot, you know, when do I start talking to my child about this, that, and the other thing? And it's just, for me, it's always dependent on the child. Mm-hmm. So That's the true. idea of, uh, you know, you mentioned just being, a, you know, when they're aware of, you know, the swimsuit area, that kind of thing. <laughs> it makes right. it such a simple, like, oh, yeah, okay. And kids are, they're amazing. You know, if you are worked up and stressed when you talk to them about this they feel that but if you if it's just a more natural conversation um i feel like they pick up on that too and it doesn't feel awkward to them they're they're so good at like gauging sort of you know how we're um communicating something um, mm-hmm. They're so smart. And so, I, yeah, I just, I love that. I love that uh, that idea. And I love these resources. I will include those resources in the podcast notes as well, because believe me, I get asked these questions a lot. So I'm really glad you're giving us some, some good uh, connections here. There's another good resource that I highly, highly recommend. And by the way, I don't get paid for recommending this at all or anything like that. <laughs> um, it is uh, Good Pictures, Bad Pictures. Okay. There is the original Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, and that is for kids about ages 10 to 12, 10 to 12. Okay. Um, and then Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, Junior, and that is a read-along book. Okay. And that is for like ages 4 to probably 4 to 11, maybe 4 to 10. So okay. it might be a good one. Perfect. That's perfect. And you say four? Yeah. So, and this is so funny, but uh, the number of people 
who I've talked to, parents who I've talked to, and they say, oh, my kids just love the Good Pictures, Bad Pictures Junior book. They want me to read that to them at bedtime. So, it, see, all the stigma goes away. Right. And it's about, hey, when we go, it helps them know where their bathing suit area is. Because mm-hmm. it shows a picture of them at the beach and they're wearing their bathing suits, you know, very modest bathing suits. And, um, and uh, that when we go on vacation, we take pictures of our family that we visit or the things we see. And we take pictures of our pets. And those are good pictures. Mm-hmm. But bad pictures are... When you see the ba- a picture of someone with the bathing suit not covered. Right. So, and then it gives you direction. It gives right. the child direction. It says turn, run, and tell. And that repetition is so important. We repeat it and repeat it to our kids. Turn, run, and tell. Mm. So they turn away from what right. they know is pornography because mm-hmm. they don't have the bathing suit covered. Right. They run. That gives them action. Mm-hmm. And they tell. Mm. It's just like uh, uh, Paul's advice. You know, I'm, I'm right. going to totally mess up the right scripture. But when we talk about flee, there's an action that right. happens. And that's what we want to teach our kids to do is to flee and not be. And we'll come back to why this is so important in a little bit. But let okay. me first tell you a little story about uh, a mom and dad I met at a homeschool conference who came running up to her booth and she, mom is just excited. I mean, she is just ecstatic. <laughs> and she says, Sam, I just, I attended your session last year, did exactly what you said. We had coveted eyes on all of our devices. We used a good pictures, bad pictures book. And my seven-year-old son was just exposed to pornography. And I was like, oh, there's a, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, quite a way to lead up to this conversation. Yes. Um, is she going to hit me with a hammer or what? And uh, she goes, no, no, no. See, we did exactly what you said. And my seven-year-old was at my neighbor's house and their seven-year-old son had just received an iPad for his birthday. Mm. And he had gone from, I don't know anything about sex to hardcore pornography, just like that. (laughs) And now he wants to show his friend who's also sick. The seven-year-old who has been trained says, no, that's pornography. And he turns, runs, and tells. I love it. I love it. It's so empowering. Just just these nuggets that you're sharing are uh, they empower parents to to have the tools that they need to equip their kids. And that's really that is so powerful. And and the thing that I love about this, um, you mentioned the word foundation earlier. This this training does lay the foundation because basically as they get older, it can be explained further, but you've laid that foundation of, hey, we are turning around and going the other direction. It's so much easier to have begin having this conversation at six, seven, and eight years old, yes. or you know, with the good pictures, big bad pictures book at four, right. having these conversations about where your bathing suit area is at that age. And then later as they get older, then it's natural for them to ask you questions, right. but if you put it off, then your kids don't feel you're safe to talk about these things. Now, exactly. let me tell you one more piece about that story that I told you about the seven-year-old. Mm-hmm. Right. This is the opposite of laying the foundation. When the other parents found out that their son had exposed another seven-year-old pornography, they wanted to figure out, oh my goodness, we never thought he'd be even possibly curious about this. We need to look into this further. And as they did, they found out 
their seven-year-old son has exposed seven, eight, nine, and 11-year-olds throughout the entire subdivision. Mm. The only child who said anything was the child who was trained. Everybody else kept it their secret. Right. Right. We talked about secrets before. Mm -hmm. They were embarrassed, maybe shocked, ashamed. This was their, you know, maybe just because it was their special thing that they heard, that they had seen. Right, right. Would and mom it's, and dad get mad if mm-hmm, they knew? Mm-hmm. Would they yell at me? Would they be right. upset? Would they be ashamed of me? Right, exactly. And it starts just in that early training. So I love that. And now, okay, so let's just say, and I know that there are a lot of uh, families who – um, use online for even very young children, which, you know, I am not a fan of that for many reasons. Um, this is only one. There are lots of other developmental reasons. I don't, I'm not a fan of online schooling for younger kids, but, um, but it is what it is. And some people are, you know, they're starting their homeschool journey and they, they sort of like, they need the boxed version for now. And, And maybe eventually they'll, you know, go into other other ways of homeschooling but right now they're just they're needing to hang on to this online thing um so my question to you is um what would be the best way again we have the conversation but um what can we do with the devices from early on and then as we're they're moving into you know older getting older 11 12 13. Um, yeah, so for you definitely want to limit the time. Mm-hmm. And let's, you know, I want to be open here. I'm not trying to sell you a product that is not going to fit your youngest children. Right. Um, I really think a, a product like Bark is probably the best product for very young children. Okay. Three, four, five, six, seven, that age, eight. Um, because it's going to give you some good, um, time controls, right. uh, parental controls, th- things like that. And that's very parental centric and that's good. Okay. Uh, when kids are entering their teen years, this is when you're, this is the opportunity to train mm. more, mm-hmm. uh, to open up the training. <laughs> um, this is when you're. You're preparing the uh, the birds for flight. All the all the chicks right <laughs> need to be able to fly one day on their own. Yes, and um, so I believe helping them become the hero of the story, where they are owning their internet use. Now they're accountable for their internet use, uh, but they um, so that's where. The co- focus for specifically Covenant Eyes is mm-hmm. at. Now, we do provide blocking, filtering for the internet uh, as additional, at no additional charge, but our focus is on actually screen accountability, which is actually capturing the images that appear on your screen. So it doesn't matter if it comes from a text, an email, a USB drive, mm-hmm. put in the mm-hmm. side of it, all the ways that teenagers get around filters doesn't matter with covenant eyes if it appears in the screen it's going to a report right now we actually blur the image before it leaves the device so it's we never see it at covenant eyes it's blurred before it leaves the device so that text is blurred but the imagery that's there 
is though blurred, you can, okay, you're also going to get some more, in, in addition to seeing the blurred version of it, you'll see some additional information, what app was used, being used, what site was being visited, uh, lots of other things like that. And so the time of day, lots of other little pieces of information that help you have a conversation. But this is also, this is, this is the training opportunity for a teenager growing up, knowing how that they're going to go off to college, knowing or some other, you know, training and into life. You know, they're going to go into relationships. Right. And you're not always going to be there. So we can, I think it's important that we pill, we have some good, strong walls that are built for very young children. Because mm-hmm. in this case, you're keeping things from coming at them. Especially as teenagers, they're creating on their own on the internet. They're venturing right. out on the internet. They're developing things on the internet. They're interacting with it. It's not just, hey, I'm going to build walls. And that is an opportunity for further training to teach. Um, and the value of this is if you start young, when you get to those teenage years, it doesn't become, oh, my goodness, mom, dad, you want to know what I'm doing on the Internet. And a lot of times parents don't think there's they need to put any security or uh accountability or other parental controls on devices at young ages. And so they wait till teen years when they think their kids finally know something about sex or pornography. And then it becomes a confrontation. Right. Right. And now there's a, there's a battle. Now I remember my, my daughter having some friends come spend the night. Uh, She was in her teen years. And so her, I, I was in the kitchen, and I'm over here in the living room. Uh, one of her friends say, so your dad gets a report of what you do online. Doesn't that freak you out? She goes, no, why would it? That's great. I <laughs> love it. not have anything to hide, right? Right, right, exactly. And if you wait, the problem is that they look at you and go, you don't trust me. They, that's usually... I think often the response there's and then there's pushback um, because they feel like they can handle it and and we know that it's very insidious and happens quickly and so yeah that but but here's the thing that I I, I want to ask you about yeah. speak to the mom who hasn't started this early on you know obviously if someone's listening and has young children yes they can start early and um, have a good trajectory. But what about the mom who's listening right now whose child is in their tween or teen years? Um, yeah. yeah. But what, what, what counsel would you give to her? I love that. That's a great question. Um, I think one of the most important things we can do is – oh, this is going to sound really antithetical to a lot of parents. I want you – so bear with me as I tell you this. Be willing to apologize to your kids Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and say, listen, I just didn't know what I didn't know. And I'm not going to ask you to do something I'm not willing to do myself. Right. There you go. So I'm so you begin model. You model it for them as well. So especially in the case of having something like covenant eyes and accountability, mom and dad are going to say, listen, you know, uh, my kids grew up watching me hand my devices over to uh, 
people they considered their second dad. That's how close their families were, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, leading with a limp, (laughs) leading Mm -hmm. saying, hey, I'm not above temptation. I'm not above the sin that so easily entangles. Mm -hmm. And so I hand my phone over to Chad because he has the passcode to my phone. I don't Mm -hmm. have that, kids. I have it to your phone. But less like I have the passcode to your phone, well, my friend has the passcode to my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, I'm not down. That we talk about the apps that we download and have on our devices. Right. Uh, that we we say yes. My these are the guys that I always let my kids know who my accountability partners were at mm-hmm. church. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. yes, they received my covenant eyes report. So it was very much easy. It was much easier for my daughter to go. No, that's no big deal. Why would it matter? Right. This is this is a lifestyle for you. This is a lifestyle. That's I a love that. Mm. We must model it for our kids. But be willing to say to a teenager or especially a teenager, listen, there are things that I've wanted to, you know, maybe I haven't talked about. Right. Things that I should have said and had conversations mm-hmm. to you about. And I should have done that. And I'm sorry that maybe I haven't I haven't done or had these kind of conversations. But I want to correct that. And it's not your fault. Right. And if you feel uncomfortable, that's, a, that's okay. We'll, we'll work through that and being uncomfortable. Right. Right. That's not going to get us out of the conversation. Right. <laughs> exactly. I am not giving an out here. <laughs> right. Now, there, it's important that we come equipped to the conversation with some tools. Right. Uh, some study that we've done. Because a lot of time, what ha- times what happens, we get all excited and we think, well, we're going to go have this conversation with our kids and let them know. And then somewhere along the line, they get embarrassed, we get embarrassed, and the whole conversation comes to a close. Right. So it's important to do a bit of your homework beforehand so that you're prepared, whether right. you're doing this for the first time or continuing to have this conversation. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I love that. Now, you had shared... Um, I, I want to go back to this because I think it's important for moms to hear this because we we think of pornography as a uh, predominantly a problem with men, but you mentioned that it's deeply affecting women, especially young women. And I, I would love for you to talk a little bit more about that. Well, since 2007, when the iPhone was first released, that became a mobile device and that went everywhere. Where before... Children were being exposed to pornography as well because of magazines, because of computers, etc. But the growth of that has been really shocking mm-hmm. that so many young girls are being exposed to pornography and the way the brain reacts to it. You probably, you know, maybe as a, let's say you are a, um, an, a, a adult woman who's never had any, um, any kind of interest in pornography, that any kind of, you know, the sexual things are, you know, why would anybody be interested in watching anything like that? And so it's very important we understand the neurology of the brain and how people get stuck in the first place. Often, some of the greatest commonalities are, one, early exposure, because there's Mm -hmm. a couple of things that happen there. One, you have more mirror neurons. That means a mirror neuron uh, helps 
you, if you see something, then it feels sort of like you're doing it. You're participating, even though you're just watching it. Right. And that helps kids learn faster. And so kids have many more mirror neurons than they do. It's also novel to them. They've never seen this before. And so dopamine really fires off. And dopamine is one of those is can really focus your attention to the point of tunnel vision. Mm. Dopamine is released when sexual cues are picked up. And then this happens in marriage, right? This is a beautiful, this is all God's design. Right. And this pornography is not sex. It's a hijacking of what God created. Mm. Mm. And so mm. when dopamine fires off, especially things that are shocking, maybe even frightening, but that that image helps get burnt into that memory with the help of norepinephrine. That's probably why everybody listening to this program can recall the first time that they were exposed. Right, right. So it's there. It gets stuck because it's a highly emotional experience. Mm. Now, we're designed by God, and these natural attractions there are natural attractions already. There might be feelings, and these get twisted in the brain. Mm. And that's one thing for a child to be exposed. And we have a great resource on our website that uh, can help you have a conversation when you know your child has been exposed. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, that is called um, Confident, Helping Parents Navigate Online Exposure. Okay. That'll be one of the resources that your your folks can click on. Okay. Um, but the repetition that comes from secrecy, because we're not having these conversations with our kids, mm-hmm. the secrecy happens because there's shame. Mm-hmm. There can be fear of of talking with it, especially if they're being if it happens more in the twelve to thirteen year old age. Right. Right. Maybe they have a better understanding of what some of these things are even if there's not been great conversations about sex mm-hmm. but now it's become hidden and right. repetitive and the, that repetition builds neural pathways in the brain that crave it more and more and more and people get stuck mm-hmm. they get stuck into um they become desensitized with their things and they start looking for more things that are more shocking right um and it and so uh, often, adults are going into marriage with this already part of a secret life that they've never talked about to anyone. Hmm. That's uh, that's interesting because I think that uh, it it seems as though um, we're, that um, pre-marriage counseling it would be wise. <laughs> you know, my husband and I we went through premarital counseling, and I think typically Christian couples do, but um, I would be curious to know how how many how many of the pre-counseling programs or whatever out there actually address this issue, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think it's really great that you're bringing that um, to light because all of us are going to have um, kids who get married and, you know, or start dating or whatever, and these are conversations to have, you know, um, because I think it's important uh, that 
that it, it does get talked about. You know, obviously timing timing is everything, but it's important to dress it sooner ra- uh, rather than later. I mean, you know that I, I'm picturing the dad sitting down and talking <laughs> with the young man, and um, uh-huh. I, I remember hearing a, a gentleman years ago, long before this was. I mean, this was a problem before, but it's, it's just exploded. But back uh-huh. in the day. Where he, that was what he did. It's one of the first conversations he had with a potential suitor. Do you have a problem with pornography or have you ever had a problem with pornography? And I thought, wow, that's a great starter conversation. (laughs) 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 But he was right. He was spot on. And I think even more so, it's, it's even more necessary now. So it's really great that I I appreciate you explaining that, that whole, uh, um, process of what happens with the brain because I think it's so important for us to understand it, it's not just it's not just surface it's it's much deeper than than just a surface thing and even a surface choice it becomes almost a uh, I, for lack of a better term addiction because the, the brain just gets wired that way right. and but the beautiful exactly thing right. is that we can um, it can that can be rewired you know, that is God, right. you know, God's created us to, um, you know, yes, we can get hardwired this way, but, but praise God, we can, we can rewire and, um, and, and that's a bit of a process, but. So, uh, God designed this perfectly that mm-hmm. when, when Paul talks about a renewing of the mind, uh, he didn't say that, well, you're an old dog. It's too late for you. You can't learn right. a new trick. <laughs> right. And so what modern neurology has taught us is that indeed you can build new neural pathways throughout your life. Hmm. So it doesn't matter if you're older, mm-hmm. you can renew your mind, but hmm. it takes practice. Right. It takes repetition. It takes right. ignoring the old neural pathways in favor of new, healthy, positive habits. Right. And I think, um, especially with something like this, you can't do it alone. And I think the sooner... Um, you know, as soon as that's admitted and, and there's some sort of accountability with someone that you trust, um, the more quickly healing can come. And that's that's our, our, our hope and prayer, you know. So Yeah. And 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 what happens often though with these kind of accountability relationships is that there'll be a little confession, hey, I'm having I've been having some struggles with pornography. Right. And they go, oh, yeah, well, maybe me too. Or, oh, well, that's, I'll be happy to pray with you. And right. so there's an initial confession. Then then it seems like, hey, how's that? We haven't talked to for a while. How's that going? Oh, yeah, it, you know, I'm, I'm all right. Right. Or in the church, we love to say, well, you know, just always, we we'll, might, might always have that kind of struggle, you know, in our life. Mm-hmm. And so because temptation is always there. No, we can live and truly live in absolute freedom. Right. But often pornography uh, use and compulsive use is really has less to do with the pornography itself and more about our woundedness inside, Mm -hmm. the habits that we've built, the hurts that we've, you know, the wax or the lacks that we've had in our lives. And so it's important that we not just have a conversation, but dig deeper. Mm -hmm. And so uh, a book like Unwanted by Jay Stringer uh, would be a, a great resource for guys to and men and women to to look at if they're mm-hmm. experiencing these hurts mm-hmm. because it really helps them dig deeper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And lots of educational resources on the Covenant Eyes website Mm -hmm. that can bring restoration. Mm. I love that. You know, and I think... um we talked about this at the beginning before we started recording that you had some free eBooks. Um, we're also, you're also offering um, a, a code for the listeners for 30 days free That's to right. Covenant Eyes. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about the, the eBooks? We're going to include the links in the podcast notes so you'll have direct access to just click on them and go straight there. But tell us a little bit about these eBooks. Yes. Well, one, about that code for the free 30 days, you won't get the free 30 days on our website, so be sure to click on that link, mm-hmm. and it provides free 30 days. I, we want to in, tell you about a couple of books, One, and it's really talking about how strong family relationships yes. lead to internet-safe kids. Mm. So this is about moms and dads and families being proactive, uh, close relationships mm-hmm. with mom and dad. Friendly, open, you know, when I say close, I mean loving relationships Mm -hmm. that aren't rule-based, but are love-based, Yes, uh, make porn-resilient kids. Mm. They're less likely to, to, uh, but not only that, for alcohol, drugs, other things as well. Right. That makes total sense. You know, it's interesting because I just, uh, I actually just turned in the manuscript for a book that Zondervan will be publishing next year, um, mid-year. Um, and, you know, it's on homeschooling, but I, I can honestly say that as I um, shared my heart, you know, you, you have a plan, you have like an outline that you're, you're planning to follow. But really, when you sit down to write is when, um, you know, the Holy Spirit just kind of mm-hmm. whispers and leads. And, and I noticed um, throughout the entire book that the focus just kept going back to strong families. Strong That's families, right. strong families, because um, it's it's from that place that is is such a foundational framework for for growing strong, healthy adults. It just it just is, and you can't get away from that. A fragmented family it will be far less successful, I believe, in keeping um, keeping their kids from you know going wayward um, mm-hmm. than when we've got a strong, because this is the way God designed it. He designed us um, to to be close as a family. And, and you know, in our culture, um, it's becomes, families have become so fragmented and um, the divorce rate doesn't help, but, you know, just yeah. the busyness and that kind of thing. And so I'm constantly encouraging parents to slow down yeah. be with their kids and so i love that this ties right in with that because it's, and it's I just would, i would encourage parents not just to you know time spent and things all those are important things but really try to grow emotionally for themselves yes uh, uh, a book that i love that i read was called uh, uh boundaries mm-hmm. by henry cloud and john townsend mm-hmm. beautiful book if there's no book you read, another book you read in life, I think that's probably one of the that, best that books because is, um, uh, it, it's going to help you set boundaries for yourself and for your kids. Right. And uh, strong emotional connections, though, too. Right. Um, it, one thing we have to be very thoughtful of within our Christian culture is that, uh, like my upbringing, was very christian rules based Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so we like to think we have strong families because we enforce strong 
Christian rules, but then it becomes a rule-based environment that right. is a shame-based environment, and mm-hmm. that's where we actually see among you know among Christian counselors they are singing seeing when it comes to secrets like pornography. That's common because of the rules-based environment right. rather than the right. loving environment. So Right, right. Yes. And when I'm encouraging. And, we need to grow as moms and dads as well. Exactly. We learn alongside of our kids. And I think that's something that um, I, I keep keeps um, coming to mind when I'm sharing with, with homeschool parents when it comes to homeschooling. Um, and 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 honestly, it applies across the board, not just the homeschooling, but you know, just life in general. Like what we're talking about here today, is is to walk alongside of your kids. Yes, yeah. you're discipling them. Yes, obviously, as parents, we have a responsibility to set boundaries, but we set boundaries out of love, and we also um, model to our kids. Uh, what it looks like to ha- be in good relationship with each other. You know, um, mm. that means that, as you mentioned earlier, I'm willing to say, look, I'm sorry. I I should have um, protected you from this, and I, and I haven't really been doing a good job of that. And so, um, you know, let's talk about ways we can, you know, change that. And I would, you know, and just... When you invite them into the conversation um, mm-hmm. and ask questions and that kind of thing, that's when the ownership starts to happen. Because when mm-hmm. you have to start answering questions, you have to start actually owning part of the conversation and taking some sort of responsibility in it. So um, so I love the uh, counsel that you've given as far as just just having these ongoing, loving, caring, um, but clear conversations about um, topics that, you know, could be easy to avoid. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I encourage, I always encourage parents to lighten up with these conversations because uh, it can very easily turn into a a lecture. Right. (laughs) And so we don't want to do that. So Mm -hmm. bring uh, a frozen Coke or an ice cream or whatever it is that you, your kid enjoys Mm -hmm. and be patient with silence. Yes. So when you ask a question, there's, there's no fast pressure to have an answer from your kid. Be right. okay with a little silence. Let them yes. think about it. Yeah, I've even said to my kids, you know, you don't have to even answer this right now. Just think about it. And I'll ask you later on when you've had time to think about it. And then, you know, I make sure that I follow through in a day or two or three. I say, hey, did you think anything? Did you think any more about what we talked about the other day? And um, and usually they'll have some thoughts to share. And again, that's just um, such a warm and, and loving and low pressure way to keep those conversations going. So, And, and I know there's some parent listening today going, oh, oh man, what, what do they expect from me? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> right? And, um, and the truth is none of us are perfect. That's right. I've blown it so many times. Mm-hmm. But um, it's important for us to keep getting up. Yes. And uh, knowing that no family is perfect, that we all, all families give some kind of, you know, whack or lack. Right, right. (laughs) Something something you've intended or something you didn't give that you could have given of yourself. Uh, And so, but at the same time, we want to do our best to avoid those as much as possible. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. And I can attest seven of our eight kids are adults now. And um, I did my share of messing up, but also my (laughs) share of apologizing. And, um, you know, we've got eight great kids and we have good relationships with them. And, you know, uh, it's 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 a it's a beautiful thing. And and they know that we know we're not perfect. And like I said, we've had to apologize countless times to them that, you know, I think it's just that setting that example and modeling, um, just modeling what that looks like and, and, and just being faithful to get, get back to it. You know, I would say, you know, when it comes to devotions and Bible reading, I feel like, you know, you always fall off the wagon, but the point is that you get back on, you know, um, I was sharing with someone the other day, um, a group of moms I was I was speaking to, and I said, you know, we would try, you know, reading the Bible after dinner was the best plan for our family because everybody was there, and you know, they were they were they were at the table. We could keep them there, you know. Otherwise, it was like you know herding cats, and so we just tried to make that a regular thing. And so, and then we'd fall off the wagon, and a week would go by, and I'd say to my husband. We haven't read in a week. What what in the world? And I would get so frustrated with myself, but we'd go back to it. So you now fast forward. Now seven of our eight kids are adults. More than one of them has said, oh, yeah, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I would told them, you know, every single night our family read the Bible after dinner. And I looked at him and I said, that is not true. <laughs> Oh, we fell off the wagon so many times, but that's an example right there of God's grace. You know, in the eyes of our kids, we were consistent. And so, I, you know, God is so gracious. So just don't forget that, parents. And um, Sam, thank you so much for for being here with us and for sharing your wisdom and um, just so much, uh, so much good here. I'm, I, I've got tons of notes, so I'll try to make sure I translate that all into the podcast notes. Um, but again, thank you so much for being here. What an honor to be here with you. Um, if anybody needs to reach out to me specifically, they can feel free to reach me at sam.black at covenanteyes.com. Okay. I'm uh, happy to forward you a resource. Maybe you have a very specific question. Mm-hmm. Um, treat that with with care right. and uh and i'll be i'd love to point you to a resource that can help you very personally mm-hmm. i love that well i'll make sure that i uh, collect all your contact information from you and include that in the notes as well so let's go ahead and close in a word of prayer Lord, we just thank you so much for this time uh, thank you for sam thank you for the vast um wisdom that uh, he has shared with us today, Lord. I I know there's more there, but God, we thank you for all the goodness that um, you've given us today and the tools uh, that we've received as parents to uh, better equip um, our children. God, our desire is to raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And part of that is, um, in in this day and age, is... is, um, facing this this real issue and then um and then just walking in obedience to protecting our kids and um and talking to them about it and and using these tools lord that you have given us today lord we thank you so much for your goodness um in jesus name amen Mm 